0: the only the only thing that my camera doesn't have a wide enough angle because i didn't know if you know having
1: oh. that was, was oh. kind of cool oh bad. <laughs> you know i'm sure we'll want to go through it again it's a hell of a flex
0: right there it's a nice setup I tried to make it, uh, you know, visually
1: appealing to all of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So before we get started, I got, I got, I would love to that you give us a tour of the cars. Um, but then, I, if do you have the ability? Are you wired, or can you get up and walk with that thing?
0: I can. I'm on my laptop, and I'm not plugged in. So. Okay. So I, theoretically, I actually, you could
1: walk into the office and show that Air Four Thousand shot. I could absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Absolutely. Kevin Ginsberg, hey uh, Ambassador Automobile, you are the man uh, with the sweepstakes. We've uh, we bought the car from you, uh, the Urquattro in question. Um, so we were, what we're hoping to achieve today with you, Kevin is um, a little a little bit more about you, a lot more about the car, because uh, I'm sure people have questions. And it was one of yours for a while, right? Not just in your inventory, but correct. The,
0: no, that was a personal car for a while.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we'll get to the Irk Quattro, okay. but um, it, it, I think it's pretty obvious at the moment you've got some pretty cool cars behind you. For those people who don't know you in the community, perhaps you could uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay. Well, for starters,
0: I am Ambassador Automobile. Uh, that This company was founded in 2013, um, really to be a collectible car, um, supercar dealer. I, I, I go after unique, uh, vehicles. I try to, I'm a, I'm a car finder for customers, uh, but I am a licensed New Jersey dealer. So it gives me the ability to operate, um, legally and, and actually buy and sell cars, uh, through customers. So this is kind of the, the last phase of my history at the moment. Hopefully there's many more chapters to come. Uh, but the uh, uh, yeah, most my, recent
1: phase of your history, exactly,
0: exactly. Um, so, you know, I mean, I'm really following my passion. I mean, I, have first of all been an Audi nut since, uh, before I got my driver's license. So, uh, that was in the, uh, let's call it early eighties. And, uh, there was a picture sitting on my dad's desk from the 1982 New York auto show of me drooling over an quattro on display that was coming to the U.S., and it's funny. I have the opposite picture of him standing in front of a nine eleven Carrera at the time, and that's what he was drooling to own. He, of course, had a much better chance at the time of getting what he wanted than I did. But well, um, you, this yeah. is so. The car was new at the time. Yeah, a brand, brand, this is uh, nineteen eighty two, so it was the year before the launch for the U.S. So it was so on display.
1: At maybe one York of those order. press cars that's floating around then. But uh, yeah, exa- what color was exactly. It? exactly
0: well there and there were the go to goby beige ones and two mars red ones yeah this was the mars red car um and it could have very well been the same car that i sold you know that belonged to showcan uh, yeah. that was john Buffum's car uh that i also i sold uh, i guess about a year ago um but it could have been the same car that i was staring at that you know so many years later wound up uh, in my shop here
1: which is cool uh, Yes. Very but also worth noting at that time in 82, this would have been, well, you wouldn't have known it in 82, but when these cars hit in 83, they were as expensive, if not more than that 911 your dad was looking at. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you know, first of all, state of the art, nobody had anything like it. The all wheel
0: drive, you know, the, the five cylinder turbo motor, everybody thought, what, you know, what the hell is that? That's, that's insane. Um, and yeah. So, and the limited production, boosted the numbers above the 9-11 I believe when my dad was first looking at the 9-11 before they had multiple price increases that year I think sticker on the 9 was like 32 and change and on the quattro it was 36 and change so it wow. was you know talk about those numbers now wouldn't we all like to be able right, to right. buy those cars for those numbers today yeah um but uh yeah I mean it was it was substantially more and you know it appealed to a very unique craft you know, uh, but interestingly enough, Audi was going after the Porsche crowd as well. So that was okay. um, a big target market uh, of theirs at the time.
1: Um, So, yeah. So what drew you, your dad's in there looking at the Porsche, which by the early 80s is a pretty traditional sports car, right? That car's been around at that point since like, what, 65, 66. Correct. So, so, Urquatro, Quattro, why, why well, is he going that way and you going this way?
0: So I, as, a, as you know, I started to stare at the television anytime there was a rally of any, any, any substantial uh, race going on that involved rally cars. And prior to the Quattro, I mean, there were some pretty cool rally cars, a Fiat 124 and some launches and some, some interesting stuff. And then all of a sudden the Quattro came on the scene, you know, and when that car hit, Nobody ever thought we'd actually see production cars in the United States when they were racing them in Europe in the rally. But I was glued to the TV. So when the announcement of that car being a road car came out, all of a sudden the 911 didn't matter to me anymore. I could get a road version of that rally car and, uh, you know, drive a car that Michel Mouton was, was winning races in. You know, I mean, that to me was, was really cool. So it just drew me right to that car. And, you know, I've been a car nut my whole life. No joke, my first word was car, which pissed my mother off. Um, you know, because she, she really didn't think that was fair. My dad got a chuckle out of it and repeated the story for his whole life. <laughs> so, but I was just always a car kid. And um, fortunate for me, I was around people who had cool cars. Uh, my best friend's dad was a Ferrari collector. My uncle John was a Porsche guy. And so, you know, as a car kid, I would go clean like the Ferraris. I would go to my buddy's house and clean his dad's Barani wire wheels for car shows. Cause I had small fingers. <laughs> I mean, like, it was, <laughs> and I thought it was the, I'm polishing wire wheels and like an idiot. I thought that was cool, <laughs> you know, which by the way, I still do that today. So, yeah. uh, so, you know, it's, it's been in my blood and then, What really, really hooked me on Audis was a car crash. And I had an 84 4000 Quattro, which I wish I still had today. Uh, And I was up coming back from Vermont and uh, exit 18 on the New York Thruway, I fell asleep. Oh. And it was 435 in the morning. Because I was invincible, driving through the night to get back in time for work. Because I was, you know, <laughs> dumb, and uh, don't even remember nodding off. And uh, I flipped that car front to back, end over end, three times, wow. rolled oh, wow. it twice, and then slid down the highway for a hundred yards on the roof. And I walked out. And that's pre airbag, but you know, I obviously had my seatbelt on. But what was amazing, and um, you know, I have the pictures of the car, one day I will, I'll share them with you. Uh, the interior compartment of that car was still a rectangle. You know, windows yeah. blown out, but everything else demolished, except for the cab of the car. And the combination of watching these rallies and then kind of living through my own rally crash, if you want to call it that, yeah. hooked, me, hooked me on them forever. And, um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, how deep and entrenched I am with them. And uh, they're just part of my part of my
1: DNA. Well, could I so while we're on the subject? of 4, 000, Could I yes. ask, you to to take us for a stroll into your office quickly and show us that picture? Yeah. Yeah. You know, sure. About. I, so this, I do. This is your first car or oh, this was my ish. second
0: car. My first okay. car was a 79 Mazda RX seven, mm. which I didn't crash, but I did blow the motor on.
1: But, what, uh, what color was it? Was it brown?
0: No, it was black. Black, was black metallic gray. Uh, with gray velour interior. So let's see. Uh, we'll start out in here, and we can kind of turn the camera. And yep. I don't know if you can see that image right there. Oh, uh, I see my, That I see is my an reflection. four thousand Quattro. Right below it is an image of the car with its street wheels and tires on it. And then uh, I will walk you into my office and kind of give you a pan around of, uh, you know, Urquatro display cases. Uh, you can kind of see my, there. there is right there in that image. That's our that card the bridge, right? car. There it is. Is that and an alpha in the background? Nice. What'd you say? Was
1: that an alpha no, in the background? No, two or Oh, that's my blue nice oh, one. one. That
0: was the, I had both of them okay. at the same time for a period. And then uh, you can kind of see, hang on, let's get that
1: for you. Yeah, here we go, But Look at this.
0: This is <laughs> legit
1: his second car.
0: There you go. And that is, of course, my buddy, if you look in the background with a camera, and um, we did that about 20 times until someone called the police on us, because that was just at the downtown <laughs> like, Bathing Ridge, New Jersey train station, railroad track crossing. Oh, my so, they, God. So- and, some and,
1: other what are you like, 16, 17 years old then? Uh, yeah. I was eighteen. Oh, so you probably should have been more mature at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, what,
0: <laughs> I'm not yet, so I'm not sure what uh, exactly supposed
1: to happen. But but just so, so the story behind that is right. You, you mentioned yeah. you're at the post office or the railroad station. What, what you decided? What you watching all these rallies and you wanted to get an area. I, we the, were watching
0: the rallies, and then I decided. So I had uh street wheels and tires for the car and then i had a set of the, the original wheels for the car with you know polita, mud and snow tires and so if you look closely you can kind of see the, the the covering of filth and mud on on the car
1: and so really we like first
0: it. we first decided to go off-roading and see how we did it had just rained and there were muddy fields should I head back to my seat or Sure, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Thanks so, for sharing it. Yeah, no problem. So uh, here I'll, I'll I'll pan while I'm walking.
1: So uh, oh, Amazon uh, blue, nice. There's Amazon
0: blue. Uh, oh, wait, we can't look at that. That's a BMW. Not allowed. Brimby. <laughs> not not allowed. And then uh, the two are S4s. As we, and then of course the 1958.
1: DKW manga, which beasty tires on that thing. Look at those seats too, Bill. They're like right? the they're seats. like this cool kind of like patio furniture fabric. Right?
0: And let's 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 officially look at the steering wheel here. And if we notice, there's a real Audi emblem on that steering wheel. Nice. nice. So it's official. So uh, anyway,
1: so for those people who don't know, DKW was part of Audi Union. They made a, a bunch of cars back in the day, probably produced cars up until, what, the 70s?
0: Yeah, very early 70s. You know, there were four, the four companies that formed Audi. And Audi was the, the parent company, but, you know, DKW, Auto Union, Porsche, and Audi. And they formed, that's what the four rings represent. And it's funny because even though they were a conglomerate, for many years, they still continued to build vehicles under their own nomenclature, even though they were still part of Audi, Um, which, you know, we look at it today and we say, well, okay, well, Audi owns Lambo and Audi owns it, but it was, they were branding them together and still building them separately. So it was a a very bizarre time in the manufacturers, but yeah, I mean, the Munga, kind of a, a unique thing because it is the predecessor, uh, not predecessor yeah pre- predecessor to the um, Hiltus, yeah, which was the Volkswagen version of their first all-wheel drive system that got the Audi underpinning but the DKW Munga 1958 is an all-wheel drive vehicle you can't shut it off it has high and low gears um, it has a three-cylinder two-stroke motor in it <laughs> that really can't get out of its own way but yeah um, <laughs> And this one actually served in the uh, Brazilian military. So this one, uh, they they built them for different militaries all over the world. And this one actually came out of Brazil. And, uh, you know, I I think I shared the story with you. This was an eBay purchase that um, a twitchy finger uh, at the last minute sitting. I was uh, currently at um, the, the manager of Princeton Howdy in Princeton, New Jersey, and I was sitting in my office and I'm watching this manga on eBay and I'm, and it got to like three grand. And I'm like, three grand? How does that not look cool in the showroom? And I hit the button and the auction ended. And I thought, <laughs> <"Well>, uh-oh. <laughs> what did, what did, what I, did I, I do? do? <laughs> so it was down in Florida and I brought it up and um, we call it the mosquito killer because as a two-stroke, it does blow a nice Nice uh, chain of smoke all the way around. Uh, certainly you can't escape without somebody seeing you going. Um, and it sat in the showroom down there for quite a while. And then I put it in storage and I literally just pulled it out of storage uh, this past fall. And um, when I was up, uh, I ended up at my friend's place up in New York State. And uh, we're actually working on it. I ordered a new master cylinder for it. And we're. the goal is to drive it around in the spring and then we'll see what happens. Maybe it becomes another raffle vehicle for the Audi Club. <laughs> there you go. Excellent beach well, truck. I'll, I'll buy it not from you for
1: 3000 How about that?
0: That sounds like, <laughs> a, you know, at this point, I, you know, I, that, that doesn't sound crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So not to jump around, but I want to hear yeah. the end of this 4000 jumping scenario, right? So you okay. decide, you decide what? You've so been watching rallies and so what you can do with this?
0: Right. It's, 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 Myself and two, my two best friends, Brad yeah. and Maddie. And we decided to go off-roading with the car first in a field, of course, that wasn't ours. And then uh, we, we decide to go cruising around. And my friend Brad says to me, you know, I know this great spot in Basking Ridge right downtown where the railroad tracks and the railroad station is. And I think it would launch the car perfectly. And you could land perfectly because of the way the angle is of the road on both sides. And, you know, being the smart guy that I was, I said, that sounds great. Let's go try it. And, of course, we stopped at our house and got cameras and tripods first. <laughs> we
1: did yeah, one this is, run this is pre-camera phone. <laughs> oh,
0: absolutely! Oh, yeah! No, this yeah, we were tripods with thirty-five millimeter cameras, and we were we were camera junkies. So we had dark rooms in our basement. We were like, nice. "All right, this is going to be a fun fun weekend." And um, we we took the first jump, call it, with all three of us in the car, not at any crazy speed, and it launched the car beautifully. And what was amazing is the way the road angled on the backside of the tracks it was not a harsh landing at all. It actually let the suspension compress nice and soft. And I looked at the two of them and they looked at me and I'm like, so we're all taking turns doing this. And (laughs) that's what we did. And we, we did about 20 runs until someone in the neighborhood called the police and uh, they showed up and they asked us what we were doing. Um, And fortunately he had a sense of humor because it wasn't easy to say oh well we we went over the tracks too fast and didn't realize i mean we had camera gear all over the place <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know we got a very stern warning only which was um you know i think in today's world would have been very very different and he said boys go home stop playing around and, and that was pretty much it and the angry neighbor i think was angry that that's all he did but uh <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was the end of it. And that happens to be, unfortunately, the car that I did roll on the New York Thruway. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that wasn't for anything stupid except driving through the night. I was actually, I, like an idiot, I had my cruise control set at like 62 miles an hour. And I was, it was driving through the night and I was actually behaving myself, which was a rare thing at the time. And, (laughs) and I just fell asleep. And the next thing I knew, I hit a mile marker and it woke me up just as I started to hit a concrete barrier and flip the car. And I think fortunately that happened so quick that I was still kind of asleep and relaxed. Um, But Mm -hmm. what was crazy is I waited for like I waited for myself to go dark because I could tell. I mean, when you're rolling end over end, I just waited for everything to stop. And what was crazy is the world didn't stop, which is what I was anticipating. The car stopped moving. And I hung upside down in my seat for a minute and realized that I was okay. I was thinking. I was not in any substantial pain. I didn't see blood anywhere. I unclipped my seatbelt, climbed out of where the front windshield was, and a tractor trailer pulled up and said he had kind of watched it happen and, and had me sit down on his little side step of, his, of the fuel tank. And he called the police on his CB radio at the time, no cell phones. And, um, and when the cops showed up, they were amazed that uh, I was alive.
1: And yeah, no doubt.
0: Uh, you know, the, the, uh, I did have the car brought back to my house so I could- Fidget. <laughs> fidget um, and see yeah. if there's anything salvageable off of it at all. Uh, and there were a few interior parts, um, which are probably still in my attic. Uh, <laughs> and unfortunately, that was the demise of that car. And um, I, I I waited a little while, and I, I was desperately wanting an Urquatron. So yeah, how long till that happened? A year. A year after my car crash. Uh, this is what, eighty, eighty nine 89 now. To so 1989, um, there was an ad in the want ad press, uh, for a Amazon blue 83 or quadro. And the guy said, Amazon blue with a white interior. Mm. And I thought to myself, of course, you know, it was one tiny little picture of the car. And I thought to myself, white interior, I got to see this. And of course it was tan. It was the, you know, you got two choices, chocolate or tan. Um, yeah. and, uh. My dad was a pretty good guy. My dad, my dad always worked deals with me. He always, I always worked my ass off but my dad would advance me on things. And so he knew that I, you know, we would, he, he would make me sit down and give him the payment plan and the schedule and, uh, you know, and there's a funny story about my first car with that too. Um, but I, you know, I had some insurance money from the 4,000 and I was working and I, I, I said to my guy, this car, I think it was 11, the guy, uh, his name was Chuck Tepfer. I'll never forget. And he lived out on Long Island. And uh, I think the car was like 11 grand at the time.
1: And, wow. From, yeah, all right. So 36 in 83. Right. To, to 11. 11 and, grand in
0: 89. Yeah. And uh, I had to have it. And my dad said, Okay. I'll work it out with you. I think I had half the money and he had to loan me half the money. And uh, he drove me out to Long Island and we we got the car and I drove it home. And um, actually, uh, you want to do me a favor? The picture that's not hanging, grab it. Um, And uh, that's my wife, who's also my assistant today. (laughs) Um, So uh, I drove it home and I did everything with that car. So that car, um, talk about multiple sets of wheels and tires. First of all, I put 140,000 miles on that car uh, before I sold it. Um, I had street wheels and tires, autocross wheels and tires, steel wheels with snow tires and track tires because I basically did everything I could do with it. So let's see if you guys can, can see. So that is my very first 83 or Quattro The day I brought it home. Hmm, so awesome. you know. So it's. Uh, I'm just need to find a spot for it. Only. Well, that you have
1: photos. Like I think about my first car too. Similar timing, right? Like I think my I got my. Well, you're a little bit ahead of me, right? I, I got my first car in '89. It was Volkswagen Chirac. It was one of the reasons I liked Urquattro is because similar design, right? Similar design, absolutely. But but uh, similar, I think. Like I, I look back on that period in that car, and I maybe have like three or four photos max of that car. Right. Um, so how, how cool and you know press well, the so yeah, here's the story that picture that I just showed you. So I,
0: I I think as you know, very good friends with John Smith, who owns Showcan Coachworks, who for up until the last three years was probably our largest supplier of used Audi parts, and probably. I know in the country, but it extended beyond that. And unfortunately, John has retired and closed the business. Um, But John and I became friends in 1985. And the day I bought that Urquatro, um, that picture I took, developed, framed, and brought it to him. And the reason it's not on the wall is I just got that picture back Oh, really? A few weeks ago. Yeah. Nice. As, he, as he's getting rid of some stuff and he goes, do you want that picture back? And I said, I'd love to have that picture. And I do have a lot of pictures. I'm, I was a photography nut. So, you know, my cars were my focus of everything I was taking pictures of. But um, I literally just got that picture back and uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I'm, I'm anxious to find a good spot for it because, you know, a lot of good memories. But that started it for me. That, that was the first Ur Quattro in literally 140,000 miles of auto crossing and autocrossing uh, and Lime Rock and, uh, you know, uh, like Pocono. Um, I believe I even had my wife out on the track in that car at Pocono when we were dating. Um, and I knew she was the right one for me because we would go racing <laughs> and, uh, on the weekends. And, you know, what you do after work every night during the week you fix what you broke on the weekends. Right, and right, she right. would hang out with me in the garage every night working on the car. And here we, here we
1: are, she's hanging out in my garage again. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so. pretty cool. Well, so if I remember, you, you mentioned when uh, we picked up the silver car, that was your you, first date car, right? You, you guys had your first date in that car?
0: In in the blue, in the blue or
1: quadra. Yes. The silver one, yes. The blue one that I just showed you a picture of. Sorry, You're yes, here. sorry. The, yes. the blue one in the photo. That's but correct. I mean, so, and that's I why you ended up with a car behind you, correct? That's yes. correct. So I bought this. So a friend of mine up in,
0: in Connecticut had two 20 valve Bird Quadros, the silver one and the blue one. And uh, I was up there one day, and uh, this was even before he offered me either car. And I said, Alan, whenever you want to sell either car, but I really want the blue one. Oh, I'm never selling the blue car. That's never going to happen. But I might sell the silver one. A couple months later, he calls me. He says, listen, I don't want to sell the blue one, but I'll sell the silver one. Are you interested? And, you know, how often do you come across a 20 valve or a quattro that's done correctly? And, you know, the cost of doing one is always more than what you could buy one for anyway. But uh, I I said, yeah, um, uh, I'll take it. And I got a ride up and uh, paid for it and drove it home and uh, was so excited and and absolutely loved that car and and had a lot of fun with it. Um, And then he called me, call it maybe a year and a half later and said, um, so do you really want the blue car? And I said, you're killing me. I said, "I, I, I just bought the silver one. I said, you want to buy the silver one back? He goes, well, no, I need the money because I'm building a TT race car. And you're the only guy I'll sell the blue car to. So with uh, some permission from uh, my my beautiful wife, Heather, who uh, has been part of this her whole life with me, clearly, um, said, I, I got to have the blue car. The blue car... You know, first of all, Amazon blue happens to be my favorite color. Me Um, too. And and I'm and I yeah and I did say that part of the story. I'll get back to it in one minute about the first car. Uh, But so I went and I bought the uh, the blue car from Alan, and now I had both of them. And that's why that picture you saw in my office of the blue and the silver one together. That was out at a big car event um, at the old Bridgehampton racetrack called The Bridge. And um, I was invited out there with my quattros and had them on display. And that I had other quattros on display the year before. And um, my plan though was never to keep both cars. So, uh, But I also wasn't eagerly um, advertising to the car. Uh, I don't think it was listed anywhere for sale. and. Um, a friend of mine, uh, who I had done some business with before, and car junkies came by one day. He lives out in Pennsylvania, about 45 minutes from here, and uh, said, "You know, I really have always wanted a Quattro." And I thought to myself, "Okay, here's a friend and a worthy, in my my mind, a candidate for this car." And we put a deal together, and he bought the car, and so it stayed very close, and. Um, I guess it was i want to say six eight months ago he mentioned to me that he was kind of selling off some of his cars and if i had any interest in buying it back to let him know and i also knew it wasn't going anywhere fast so i wasn't like racing to do it and then uh, when this scenario kind of came up um i think i had said to george because you originally reached out to me about a white 85 that i had that i was selling and um I had already taken a deposit on the car, but I think I'd said to you, but I think I have something that might even be a little better. And kind of explained the car to you and worked out a deal with him to buy the car back. And then, uh, you know, worked out a deal with you and now it's your backdrop behind you. Um, Damn. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, so I will tell you, and, and uh, George, you got to drive the car Oh, there. There we go. Uh, you got to drive it. I mean, it is everything in Erk Quattro should be um, a- as a modern day driver. It just, without losing any of the charm of the car itself, uh, with a modern power plant, upgraded brakes, upgraded suspension, upgraded seats, it it has all the charm of an original Erk Quattro and all the drivability of a modern car. And, um, or I, let me rephrase that of an analog modern car, right? Um, and it's just—it's an amazing car, and you know, my my, the Arthur, the gentleman who works for me, is is hoping and praying that he wins the car back. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> let me just
1: let me just tell you that's going to be—I mean, if it is great and congratulations, it won't be the easiest thing for me to explain to the other people who entered, but uh <laughs> what a great coincidence if it's true
0: i did say to him i said listen if i won the car back that might be a problem that might look a little <laughs> funny but but if yeah. you win the
1: car back probably totally coach right? yeah.
0: so I, I will jump back real quick to the very yeah. first car, uh just to to put a uh a cap on that car and to tell you how near and dear that car was but how much more important uh, 30 years later my beautiful wife is. So at the time, every penny that I had went into that car. I worked all week, I raced all weekend, whether it was on the track, auto crossing, whatever it was, and I pretty much had no money and decided that I really, without getting into any of our personal story, um, it was time that I made some form of commitment to her and that that would be buying a ring and asking her to marry me of course i had no money for the ring, and i had a little bit of debt which you know goes along with the racing and being young and foolish and so i put an ad in the one hand press to sell my beloved her and i sold the car and that's the first thing i did was i went and i bought her a diamond ring And I took the rest of it and paid off the credit card debt that I had. And I had $2,200 left after all of it. And I went out and I bought a 1982 Ford Bronco. um, That uh, we was, was uh, nicknamed big red. And uh, that became my vehicle for the next couple of years as uh, we started our life together. And um, what's amazing. And, uh, to tell you how incredible she is. Uh, you know, we were both working our butts off trying to make a living. I was selling Audis at the time and uh, at, at Audi of Bernardsville. And um, she was working uh, as a paralegal for an attorney and she started to put money away without telling me. Okay. So I could go out and buy myself my first or my, my next whatever it may be, sports car. Um, and she did that without me knowing. And Mm. so she came to me one day and said, uh, I have $10,000 saved for you. And, uh, you can start looking for a toy. And the deal was any toy I wanted couldn't affect our livelihood, (laughs) which, (laughs) which, you know, (laughs) depending on what age and where you are, right. Um, and I went, of course, what do you think I bought? Another Erg Watt truck. Nice. I found an 84 white one for sale up in New Hampshire. And uh, made the call, got the money, got a friend of mine to drive me up to go get the car. And I drove it back from New Hampshire with two screaming wheel bearings. <laughs> and, uh <laughs> But a big smile on my face. and. Um, that car uh it's interesting that car i owned that car four times no kidding so, four times sold it to friends bought it back sold it bought it back and the most recent was only two years ago and now it, it uh, lives in california i sold it to a quattro enthusiast out there who um, had a whole motor built by two bennett and um from what I gather, he's loving every minute of it. But uh, is there yeah, going to be car, a, a fifth time you're going to own this car? Well, you know, kind of the rule with that car is you can't, you got to offer it back to me before you can put it anywhere else on the market. Uh-huh. But uh, something tells me he's going to keep it for a long time. He's, he's a, got a pretty decent collection and uh, fortunate enough that I don't think he has to sell it to buy his next one. So I get yes. the sense it'll probably be with
1: him for quite a long nice. time. But, you know, being an 84 makes it super rare. Well, can I just say that um, obviously we're all car nerds here, and it's a big priority. This is, you know, a, a car club. It's my job, right? And also passion. But I gotta say, what a super classy move! Uh, and showing your 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 priorities in the right place, in, in using it to uh, get the engagement ring and and open up that chapter of your life. I think that's uh, that's pretty rad. Well, thank you. I I appreciate
0: it. It was a moment of maturity. I can't tell you that that's (laughs) it. It hits once in a while. But it was a moment of maturity. And it was definitely the right decision. It it made up. We're married 27 years and together 32. So I think we're doing all right.
1: That's fantastic. And it probably made up karmically from when you're going through like the Beres Bueller Ballet driver moment over the railroad tracks there. In the- oh, absolutely! <laughs> well, and there, you know, there's another
0: little twist to the story too because oh. I, of course, didn't have it sold yet, and I went to my in-laws without my wife knowing to ask them for their blessing. And they weren't a huge fan at the time because there was only one thing other than my girlfriend at the time, their daughter, that I cared about, and that was my car. And I sit down at their kitchen table, and uh, they said, Kevin, why are you here? And I said, well, I, I, I would like to ask your daughter to marry me, and I'd like your blessing. And before, I, before another word came out of their mouth, it was, what are you doing with your car? <laughs> that was the first thing they asked me. And the best part was, I pulled the One Ad Press article out and put it on the table. And I said, the car's for sale. And, um, I still think it took him a couple years to warm up to me. And I'm, a very, <laughs> I'm a very fortunate guy at this point, because I consider my father-in-law to be one of my best friends well, at this point in my life. So,
1: you know, we've come
0: full circle. Let's, let's put it that way.
1: <laughs> well, it's so very cool. But at the same time, I can't help but notice the details it's, you, that was a little, that's a little bit premeditated, right? You're walking in there with that ad, like, all right, I know where this is going to go. I had a, I had a <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> of how they felt about, Yeah. it wasn't necessarily no, about the car. It was a plan,
1: man. I respect wherever, the plan.
0: Exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm a planner. So, you know, I was trying to be prepared. Yeah, no, that's perfect. It was, uh, it was a, it was a good time. Um, wow, and uh, and a lot of great memories and a lot of great stories because you know, I was selling Audi's at the time um, at Audi of Barnardsville. And uh, you know, it was I started selling Audi's. actually, it was I started selling Audi, Audi's the year after that. Um, I started selling Audi's in 9'5, um, which was of course the year that Audi was contemplating pulling out of the United States. Because in 1995, they sold 12,000 cars in the entire country, which certainly wasn't enough to sustain them. But the A4 was about to be launched. And that clearly saved them. Uh, That car came out in the fall of 95 as a 96 model. And I remember going from 12,000 cars a year to 18,000 cars a year to 26,000 cars a year, to 36,000 cars a year, as, and, and all based on the A4. And, um, you know, a couple of those years, I was the number one Audi salesman in the country. Um, I think my best year was somewhere well over 350 cars for the year. Um, nice. And I, at that time, was an auto-taker because they were, the A4 became so popular that the only way we could actually get them for a customer was to place an order. And um, I remember ordering cars when they couldn't deliver automatics, convincing customers to order manual transmissions and promising to teach them how to drive a manual, huh. which, which I did for multiple customers. Um,
1: but those were a lot of fun days for sure. So you said that in, before A4 hits with 95, Yep. How many? 12,000 cars, you said? 12,000 cars, give or take. So I, just, I just Googled since you said that. Last year, Out of America did 10,000 BEV, so electric vehicles alone, uh, yeah. and 186,000. So you see like what bringing in the A4 and of course- um, What'd you say, 186,000?
0: 186,
1: 186,000. And that was, uh, sorry, 196,000. Uh, 196,000. 196, um, yeah, yeah. But in 2021, kind of an off year, up 5% from the previous year. But, yeah. you know, yeah, and it's and a, it,
0: the, the market's off a little bit right
1: now in general. Right. Production. But, uh,
0: yeah, that's pretty amazing when you think about it. I mean, you know, back, back then, the president of Audi knew us by our first names because the, the network was so small. Yeah. You know, I mean, just, they just there didn't have to be a big network to sell 12,000 cars. Um, and got to know all the guys at Audi corporate in the U S got to know some of the guys in Audi in Germany. And I will tell you that part of my life, um, was really exciting and a lot of fun, uh, and a, and a special time because I was with the manufacturer when, you know, it really seemed to matter. They care about a guy like me who had the passion. I mean, I had an R quattro that lived in the showroom of this, the dealership, and yeah. you know, I just I was so passionate about what I did uh, that it wasn't about I wasn't a, a, there just to sell cars. I was there because I loved this and loved the cars and the people and everything about it. And look at where I am today. I'm still doing it. And uh, sticks with so you, right?
1: It really sticks with you. All right. So this car. Yes, uh, The silver. So, you you've you owned it for what a year and a half? About a year and a half. And was up. my personal car. Yep. And what do we know about the car? Uh, it was purchased by U.S. Purchased by Germany. A gentleman who was in the military stationed in Germany, he
0: ordered it, um, but ordered it as a U.S. car because he, his plan was to always bring it back. He he his residence was in California. Um. And I believe he was there for. I, I know you have the binder now, but I think I think he was in Europe for a little over a year, year and a half, two years with the car before he brought it back to the United States. Um, and you know, it lived in California for a good chunk of its life, um, and then I believe. I don't know the ownership history between him and the next owner, but it was not the person he sold it to. The person after that is who sold it to uh, the company in Canada who did the 20 valve conversion. Okay. Um, and that was the owner of that place that this was his personal car for a while. So he built the 20 valve for himself person.
1: I have a- to look. He has, he, he has reached out to us via the, I haven't. I emailed him, and I haven't gotten anything back yet. But he, the 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 owner of what was a competition. Yeah, competition. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in in here it is. Competition yeah. Motors in Belleville, uh, Ontario. Ontario. And yeah. and, and uh, so he has reached out. Hopefully, we can make contact with him too. Um, oh, that'd be cool. But yes. So, so, but he. So far as we can tell, was it largely in the. Um, form it came to you like is there anything you did to it while I was with you or is this is this kind of how he built it um I mean he built it pretty
0: much as you see it uh I mean there are a couple subtle changes that I made to the car um not a lot I mean the car was done extremely well and there really was very little that uh needed to be changed uh the spoiler that was originally on the car was pretty beat up So I had the black one. So I put the black one on the car, which is a factory gloss black spoiler. Um, excuse me. I, uh, I think I put a Bluetooth stereo in it because I have been warned by, by my children and by my wife (laughs) that I, I need to have Bluetooth in whatever I drive. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, other than that, I, I think I may have, uh, I think I might've put a different set of the Eurospec headlights in the car. I think the ones that uh, I had originally got with the car, I think some of the uh, Chrome reflectors were peeling and, and stuff like that. So I think I just put a fresher set in, but I really didn't modify the car at all. The other thing I, I put a new sunroof seal <laughs> in the car, but right. it was all like little stuff like that just to make it a little better than it was um, cosmetically or functionality. It wasn't really to change the car in any way, because I, I really loved the car the way it was. I mean, the only thing right. I had plans to do right before the blue car came up, I was going to do Euro bumpers on the car. Oh, um, yeah, Oh And
1: that never happened uh, because the
0: blue car came up and the blue car actually has Euro bumpers. So you,
1: <laughs> yeah, know, what, it, you know what's funny with these now? Um, so I have, uh, I think I told you, I have an 85 as well. It's, it's a yeah. bit rough, um, but, but uh, it's, kind of part of the, yeah, it's, it's part of the but charm. It's, of that it's, one. A, it's a cool rough. It's a cool rough. So. Well, wow. but, but so I kind of like, I've been on some of the Facebook groups more heavily now that this thing is in my orbit too. Right. And, and I'm also messaging this, but like with my own, I've, I've put it up there on some of these like a lot of Europeans on these are groups as I'm sure you probably know on Facebook and, and, uh, and so they, the one guy, I put up photos of it and I said, you know, here's what I'm thinking about doing, right. I want to preserve the patina. I'm thinking about doing a little bit of a rally replica with it because it's not really, you know, it's so far down the road of like in need of a restoration. If, if you're right. going to go that route, that like, pardon me, is just like, just own what it is. Right.
0: Yeah. But like
1: a guy came at me, he was a European and he said, uh, it's actually such a rare spec an 85 us spec quattro uh is such a rare thing one of 73 cars right and so like an 85 with the i guess the 84s would have had the slope grill too wouldn't they they'd probably be visually identical had a uh had a flat front grill they did not have a slope 84s
0: uh the, the first slope grill was 85 now there were less there were only sixty four cars in 84 for the u s okay so we we could argue the point that uh, you know at seventy three for eighty five you know the eighty four is much more rare but um but yeah the the eighty five is such a rare spec car that you know finish what you were going to say, but I have a feeling I agree with it
1: well i'm in, I'm inclined to you know same thing right like i having grown up in that space and always loved the european versions um i i'm i the the idea of the arrow bumpers with the fog lights in them and everything else and they're a little more elegant because they're tighter with the body but like uh it's easy to spot these u.s bumpers with sort of louvered whatever you would call it that kind of ribbing that's between the bumper and the and the and the panels uh i could pull up again uh probably just share screen for those people who would be seeing video well, if you notice
0: on the silver car the, the raffle car the bumpers have been tucked in a little bit. They're pulled in. They're about probably about an inch shorter than what your bumper appears to be on your car. Probably so, yeah. Is just, you know, drilling out the shock tube, um, letting yeah. the gas out of it and and pushing it, pushing it in. Um yeah. and it does give you that same US bumper. So you really know and can identify the car, but it does kind of streamline it a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I mean it's still it's interesting because I hadn't really thought of like the, the, for me with a patina car, I want to preserve the patina. So I'm thinking maybe group four because you've got all the, you know, all the original panels remain. Uh, right. But like, that's not really correct with the 85, right? So this guy's messing with my head now. <laughs> it's like the 85 is <laughs> such a rare car. Maybe I shouldn't be making a group four out of it. But anyway, right uh, with that is, it's taught me this new, I've known our Quattro's forever, but it's, thought, it's taught me this new, appreciation for those big old us bumpers that are like this is a rare spec car yep. um in, in the in the vein or in the lexicon of urquatros it may not be as as you know sexy as euro spec it may not be as as uh powerful well this one is but it may not be as powerful as like the final generation 20 valve but right. like but at the end of the day it's a pretty rare thing so it's it sure well, and, and let's you to be talk thinking. about
0: rarity so 73 u.s 85s and right now with the with the three of us on the phone we've got three of them in in our yeah. presence i mean yeah. three eighty fives between the silver one my blue one and your car three yeah. so so that you know that's a pretty pretty interesting scenario when when you
1: look at percentages yeah yeah for sure <laughs> george stop thinking that way there's always something bill swear to God, actually i can tell you
0: that that in our presence there's actually four of them because that white one that you wanted to buy originally yeah it's still in my warehouse it's it's (laughs) the the guys bought it but they asked if i would keep it in storage till spring so there's actually four 85s
1: we're coming in hot on on uh what was that five percent of uh yeah right i mean
0: pretty pretty of
1: 85 production yeah
0: So, you know, I have to tell you, I I think preserving these cars um, is a really important thing because they they are a major part of automotive history. Um, You know, they started the all wheel drive uh, scenario and you look at every manufacturer and they all copied or did their best to copy what Audi did and Audi was so far ahead of them for so long. it's why they went from 12,000 to 196,000 cars. Um, Yeah, there's, there's, you know, if you talk to anybody who loves before BMW and Mercedes were doing it, anybody who lived in a climate that uh, had bad weather, they all had an Audi, whether they complained about some of the issues with the cars or not, they all had them. Um, and our cars are really rare. So, you know, um, I, I can't tell you the guy that, that's you know, reached out to you from Europe uh, that he's wrong and preserving that car. You know, you're not gonna let it disintegrate into dust, so you're gonna preserve it no matter what. Right. It's in yeah. what form you really wanna own it in. And that's kind nice, of the cool that's, thing about him too.
1: Yeah, the nice thing about mine is I think about it, I had this, I, 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 my family's had a pickup truck in the family now for probably the last, I don't know, seven, eight years but like the first one I bought is kind of the one I go back to and it rusted out and the transmission blew up twice and whatever. But the idea of a beater is such a great thing because like you just don't care, right? Like it's, it's a really good point
0: because my blue one sitting behind me. Yeah. um, We did a fall foliage drive for it with it, my wife and I, and then it got put away for the winter. I put the Quattro away for the winter. This car will never see bad weather again in its life yeah, and that, that's a responsible thing to do though it's I'll a responsible it. thing to do from preserving it yeah. but it's kind of uh you know the anti-quattro statement <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's funny but i i get it and you could drive your car and not not really feel bad about
1: driving it, which yeah there's a lot to be said about it. although it is well i guess it's not exactly the beater truck right that beater truck got sold because it literally rusted away to nothing but <laughs> but the but the uh but where i'm going with that is like the meyer quattro has zero rust so probably like where i'm saying i don't really care about it i do <laughs> but like you i don't do. feel like it's not and a the more this piece.
0: conversation goes on the
1: more you do <laughs> right now i like the u.s bumpers no i like the, yeah right
0: exactly all the things that last week you were like oh I'm changing
1: this right i can be easily swayed in these things it's, it's yes. i guess that's the painful yeah painful yes. obvious. <laughs>
0: Listen, the fact that you have one and are preserving it in whatever state you choose to do yes. means it's going to be around for a long time. Yeah,
1: so, and I have it. a feeling that this one, you know, our suitcase car is going to be, I mean, yes, it's it's going to be a driver though, but somebody's going to take awful good care of this thing. Oh, yeah. You know there's what? No, there's well, no question. What we've been wondering is um, how it would be received, right, by by the public because we've only ever given away new cars. This is our first time we've seen a couple of vintage cars go across Omaze and we're like, Oh, maybe we should yeah. get into that. And this is an obvious place to start the Quattro, but, but uh, we, you know, last car was an RS6, which is kind of like the, you know, as far as like an Audi brand fan, you know, a, a non Audi brand fan might be like the R8s, the ultimate, but I think most Audi brand fans would be like, no, no, it's the wagon. Right. And, 100%. and that's hundred percent. Right. So, so like, that was the easy one to like, we'll do well with that one. And we have, but I, it's been interesting with this one where, it hasn't, you know, we've been watching the earnings so far. It's been up and selling now for a couple, for two, three weeks, whatever it's been. And and um, so it's not earning quite like the RS6 did. Of course, we just finished the RS6 sweepstakes. So that's the tightness of these two on top of each other is another thing to watch. But the amount of attention it's gotten and chatter it's caused, whether that's amongst enthusiasts or whether it's people at Audi of America or whether it's people on, of course, the vintage car and, you know, Radwood era people and, you yeah. know, like it's it's just it, it's it's uh, I appreciate how much it is beloved. Doesn't hurt that you know Ken Block and Hoonigan jumped into the space about the same time. Uh, I did catch some heck. This is probably worth saying too. Uh, yeah. Really nice guy. Probably somebody we both done. I'm not going to name who, but it gave me a little bit of heck for like uh, Audi tradition not selling parts in the United States and how this is a bit of a slap in the face. And I was like, well, we're not out of traditions. Right. So. No, well, and,
0: and they're not wrong with that statement because. No,
1: totally. And I can, they're working on a solution, by the way. Well, I'm, I'm happy
0: to hear that. And uh, yeah. I, I will ha- happily be the first customer. Uh, yeah. And if I can help participate and help get anything done, uh, just let me know because we really need it.
1: I, we literally had a. Uh, we have periodic, uh, usually a couple month meetings with Audi of America to just sort of coordinate on a couple of things, and uh, we had a meeting recently with after sales and spoke to the individual who's kind of in charge of upwriting that program. She has a lot of other things going on too, so you know this is sort of a. Uh, any of this is a labor of love, right? Nobody's going to yeah. make huge money uh, selling Audi tradition parts, you know, at least not an OEM manufacturer, right? And right. and um, but it is something they're working on, and and uh, um, so. Fingers crossed, it happens soon. It won't happen during the window. With this, is we did ask this, by the way, if right, it would happen during the window. Right. Well, if it would happen during the window, it's a great messaging platform, right? Like, oh hey, by the way, gates are open, right? Um, right. But it should be happening. Maybe this year we'll see. I don't want to. I don't want to oversell that for her because I know she's trying to get it done. Uh, and who knows what she's, you know, how much uphill uh, she's going on that one. But but uh, hopefully well, so. And, but because-
0: interestingly enough, the sweepstakes may also really help with some recognition to Audi of how important it might be to have something like this yeah. because of how many people are commenting or have an interest um, about an r as a sweet stakes car. I think it could only help. Yeah. Let's keep our so fingers crossed. Totally. Exactly.
1: Exactly. What, so, is there anything else we should know about this car? Um, um, well, uh,
0: I will tell you, um, incredibly drivable. You drove it, you got a feeling yes. for it, but incredibly drivable also for long periods of time. Um, you know, there are so many sports cars out there that you get in and you're like, you know, you get after 20 minutes of driving it, it's either too drony or it's too stiff or it's just not roomy enough or whatever it is. Um, I put miles on this car, and I can tell you that it, it will go as long as you want to. And it's really very usable, very user friendly. He did an, an awesome job building this car. Um, the only thing that I would say about the car, it has aluminum subframe bushings instead of Delrin subframe bushings. So it is a little stiff, um, but it's extremely precise in handling. So,
1: you know, it's a, a give or take yeah. with that. I would but, say I have a stock 4, 000, uh, 84, four four thousand, right? So yeah, similar enough. No, I'm an admirer of your eighty four. <laughs> well, it's yeah, she's pretty, but she's also old, and she feels it sometimes. But but um, but where I'm going with that, some of the things I noticed, I didn't turn the air conditioning on to see if you lost fifty percent of your power, like, like my four thousand does. But I'm gonna guess it doesn't. It, it it probably has a drag, but not like you would feel not like a four thousand. Yeah. And, and the other thing, though, is I will say the 4000 being as original as it is, it's not the most fun in corners, right? It, there's a lot of lean. It, it's a bit yep. sloppy, you know, and, and this car is very, very precise when you're. Well,
0: but if you drive a stock or a quattro. Yeah. Boy, there's a lot of lean in that car. I mean, you, you know, you can pick up that back corner uh, inside wheel if you really push a car hard. Um, I have pictures of me autocrossing my blue one when it was new. When it was new to me, and you could lift that wheel no problem because you had so much body roll in that car. Yeah, this car with the coilovers that are on it, with the sway bars that are on it, it handles. It's very flat, um, and it handles incredibly well. That's the one besides the power band that it has with the 20 valve motor. Right. You find yourself, even if it was a 10 valve car with this suspension setup, you'd find yourself able to drive it so much faster because it's it, it handles so much better, it's so much flatter, it handles you know tight turns so much better. Um, so they it really was when we talk about being updated and again analog. Uh, this
1: car is the way the suspension should have always been on these cars, in my opinion, yeah, and the so brakes. We're- Worth noting, so you mentioned the aluminum subframe bushings, also Bilstein shocks, H&R yep. springs. What, what I find H&R with air lowering springs tend to be a little bit, a little bit lower uh, sometimes than the less aggressive. They're not, they're not slammed. I've got a shot, right. like, side shot of the car up right now, and you can see if you're familiar with our Quattro's, it's definitely got a better stance. Uh, it's not, it's not squatting in the back like some the earlier cheaper lowering springs kits would do right but right. like this is it's got a great stance looks a little bit more aggressive it's not it's not harsh but it, you know I, I, when you told me it had aluminum suffering uh, bushings i was like man i'm i'm curious what i'm gonna get right is this something right. we're gonna need to replace it's not abusive you don't
0: feel it in your molars right um, parked <laughs> next to a stock or quattro it sits pretty much dead on an inch lower I have had that car parked next to a stock car and it sits, yeah. it, it's, it's about an inch lower, um, uh, front and rear. Um, and as you see, it sits very level. Like you said, it doesn't slant forward. It doesn't slant backward. Um, and I feel the Springs have a, a lot of forgiveness in them, at least in their first, uh, you know, first call it third of rebound, you know, and then yeah. they see, then they stiffen up a little bit, but, uh, no, it's it's drivable. And that's that's what I mean by it. You really can actually go out and enjoy driving this car. You know, if you wanted to drive to an event, you know, you, you're in uh, Hershey, right, in, in that right. area. And if you wanted to drive up to Lime Rock, this isn't a car nice. that you'd be like, oh, I want it there, but uh, I don't want to drive it. There.
1: You you'd be more than happy to drive it. There. So so worth stating. Like I think I told you this when we were looking for the car, but but. uh, we looked at, and at the time we were looked at a bunch of cars uh, throughout the process of trying to find, you know, or, or lock down eventually on this car. And, and from a really pretty, but very original 85. So there's adding to our <laughs> this yeah. number of 85, 85 us cars, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but, but that car wasn't fully ready to be sold. And then, uh, and it, it was red, which was really neat, but like the red yeah. ones are very iconic, but, um, but it was bone stock. So there again. We probably wouldn't have driven as well as this one. Then I found a super low mileage 83 in Marseille of all places, a US spec car. Um, yeah. that that was like literally 15,000 miles. And we we happened to be, Bill and I were kind of asking around online, just not telling people. I think I came to look at your car and we were chatting about that, that white car in Marseille too. The yeah. um I was working with Jamie Orr to maybe look at that one and and uh Um, I threw a photo of your car up on Instagram and I asked people like, what do you think driver or museum piece? And I didn't tell them which it was. Right. Right. But most people were like, you know, skip that museum piece, get the driver. Yeah. And I saw Uh, that I, 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 you know, I, I commented and I saw that as well. And yeah.
0: um, Yeah. I mean, I think people want to, it's interesting because I deal in collectible cars and whether it's, you know the the e-type jag that's on the rack there or i noticed uh, that one <laughs> uh fuelie that's in the the other warehouse um you know there's the, the mindset of the car collector
1: yeah. and
0: then there's the car collector non-garage queen and what's interesting is i have not and you know you've been in the audi world a long time as i have audi guys in general Are drivers not that if if you were to qualify them, they're more in the driver category than the collector, even though they want to collect the car, they're not just going to put it away and not use it. So, I think this car being the condition that it is, and also being, um, you know, a higher mileage chassis with a fresher build on it makes someone feel a little less apprehensive to actually go out and enjoy it and use it. And and this car is really built to be driven and used and
1: enjoyed not to be put away. I think that's, that's the thing, right? When we, when I had, uh, I had my websites and we sold them and I was like, I'd always wanted a nine sixty four right Porsche. Right. So yes. I, I called I found one for sale up in New York. It was a, I always wanted a black C2, right? Like, so found one in New York, beautiful car, 94, which like this is a late production, rare, you know, yep. they're not selling many cars, very similar deal. And I, I, reach out to the guy. And I tried to deal with him. Right. It was like, okay, you're asking this, but here's what I, I'd like to pay for it. And he goes, let me ask you a question. Cause I'd already told him it was my first, like I'd, I'd never owned a Porsche before. Right. And I'm super excited and whatever. He goes, what do you want to do with this thing? And I said, I want to draw like, I want the experience, right. I want to drive it and enjoy it, and whatever. He goes, you don't want this car. This car is a collector. Like it's a, it's a collection car. Somebody's going to buy this and, and put it in a collect. It's a 94. It's in great shape. It's a great spec. Under fifty thousand miles, they're going to put it in the collection and it's going to sit. You want a car that you can drive and enjoy. That's ultimately the nine sixty four I end up buying is very similar to this car spiritually, where it's it's a, a little bit higher mileage, but it's a fresh build and everything right. everything works on it, nothing breaks, uh, and I can take it out and and it's not some crazy museum piece. It handles and drives much better than some crazy museum piece. Absolutely. And um, well, well you know what I, else is
0: interesting about what what you specifically said? I wanted a C two. Yeah. Right. And we're quattro nuts. Yeah. But the true enthusiast loves the quattro, but wants a
1: rear wheel drive Porsche. <laughs> well, wow. I like, I'd rather have both if I can do it.
0: <laughs> no, sure. But, but it's, it's interesting. Cause I talk to those people a lot and the yeah. Porsche, the guy who wants that Porsche rarely is he looking for a C4. He wants a C2. Um, and it could be the same guy who is gaga over the quattro yeah but you know there's a i think there's a stigma in in you know well, horses is supposed to be that drive, yeah, rear wheel drive rear engine
1: to, i think well in 964 is too that early all wheel drive system is a bit clunky it's it's heavy it's it, it is what it is yeah, it but like the steering feel and everything sure i yeah i think it's the the, the carrera two, which is what c2 stands for is it for those listening who don't know the, is the is the rear wheel drive kind of basic, but it's the it's to me it's the purest of that generation car for for what that nine eleven was right, and for the for for any Quattro of the eighties, the Ur Quattro is the purest. It's the icon. It's the you know it's the one that best represents what Audi was at that time. And and um, yeah, I That's, don't know. I I I think this thing is. I, I agree like, with you.
0: I I think yeah. you know equating it to both manufacturers that is the best. That Porsche produced at the time, the best feel, the best drivability. And when you talk about Audi, Quattro was the best of that for them. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I get it from uh, you know, the desire of both cars, but but the differences that you really are looking for.
1: I'll tell you, I was I was torn though, right? There was this Marseille car and one of, I mean, figure this. I, I probably should have well it's sold before. You know, I was gonna say I mean, you didn't I, tell
0: me we could should send
1: you, you, know. you the link it, get this because here's what I learned when looking at it it was a one owner the guy bought it in California and then shipped it over when he moved to Europe and he must have passed away guessing if you buying one new in 83 right yeah it's a good chance. um yeah 15,000 miles on the thing and uh, which doesn't happen right it was white and tan there's your white right. interior right white on right. white if you will um, right. and, and uh and so it was it was pretty neat we but at the same time, and it was also a US spec car, meaning if you shipped it back to the United States, you weren't going to have to pay import duty, right. um, which is even cooler. But I, I had a, we were in a meeting that week with FCP Euro, who's a sponsor of the club, and we were going yeah, through sure. some stuff. They're going to be involved guys. probably in our in our fall sweepstakes. But they, um, so yeah, I, I, I brought this up to them. I go, okay, here are the two cars I'm looking at. Right, I really I drove the silver one; it's amazing. Right, and then and then there's this white one. Haven't even seen it in person, but one owner, fifteen thousand miles, doesn't yeah. happen. And uh, the, it, one of them was like, buy the silver car all day long, right? Like he goes, screw that. He goes, you're going to get that. It, it, if that white one were here, you would get in it, you would drive it and be like, it's half the horsepower. It's slow. It doesn't handle well. It's, it is uh, it is that collection car, right? Like it's just no going to go. Insane. But on top
0: of it, a 15,000 mile car, what else is that car going to need? Because, yeah, yeah, totally. You know, from bushings to shocks to just, you know, hoses, I mean, you you name it, you know, who knows,
1: you know, rarely on
0: those low mileage cars do people replace all that stuff. I mean, I'm dealing with it. So the black S4 right there, which I purchased from my dear friend, Mr. John Smith from Shokan, and that was in his personal collection since 1997, 14,000 original mile car. We just replaced The fuel tank, the fuel line, fuel pump,
1: the fuel (laughs) regulator.
0: We took the injectors out and we had them ultrasonically cleaned, um, you know, plus filters and all that. Uh, And we're going through stuff. Fortunately, there doesn't seem to be that much more, but um, again, car, 14,000 mile car sat in his warehouse for years and I, I wanted it for more than just being a 14,000 mile car. I wanted something out of his car collection because of our relationship. Um, and I'd always kind of fawned over this car. And it's funny because I, as you know, I helped coordinate the sale of his whole collection to to two guys. Um, and walking through the warehouse with John and I hadn't even like struck a deal with him or anything, but. We walk by the S4 and the guys are like, what about that? And he's like, that one's already sold. They're like, who'd you sell it to? And he goes, that's a conversation for another day. Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> apparently I bought a car I didn't know, but uh, had been certainly asking about it for <laughs> 20 years.
1: We're stating that's probably worth shouting out Rainus, Because like uh, a lot of John's inventory went to uh, Rainis College, who Cutlers, who is with, with U2R. Uh, yep. who's been buying up a lot of cars I think for he's dealing he's keeping some for himself whatever yeah, he's doing He he some,
0: he buy some he's he's become yeah. a very good friend of mine
1: But um, that, I just sold red, his
0: 5000 diesel on Bring a Trailer uh
1: That's right that low mileage C2 yep, 28000 mile Yes I I uh, did that as a find of the day Yes yeah.
0: that car was uh Rainus and Ritbar the two two gentlemen uh is the senior guy Rainus but they are amazing amazing guys i love them both have had you know we've become good friends for the obvious yeah. reason of what attracted us but they bought my first real introduction besides meeting them at a car show was they bought johns from showcan john smith's two prize yeah. possession quattros. his 14000 mile 83 amazon blue and his 24000 mile Mars Red, eighty-two. That was John Buffum's
1: car. Yeah, that was that car. Okay, the Buffum. Right, and so I
0: had both those cars in my possession here at my shop because John asked me to handle selling everything for him. So I sold them those two cars, uh, and then our relationship kind of took off. By the way, they bought the eighty-five that's in the warehouse too. I'm just holding it for them. Um, But then I've started doing business with them as well because. They're not, they're on the buy, they're very strong on the buying side. Right. Uh, but they're just learning about the marketing in the U.S. and selling side. And we've kind of partnered up and they're like, if you're happy to work with us and sell the stuff we want to sell, and it's not just Audi stuff, but stuff they've imported and cool stuff that they right. found. Um, and we've become really good friends. And I will tell you something and for the audience and the crowd, because they're out there with these parts now and they, they've got a lot of cars and they've got a lot of stuff. Truly two of the most honorable guys uh, I've done business with in years. Um, I would never hesitate to call them. And uh, I will tell you if they say they're going to do it or they have it, or they're going to help you with something,
1: their word is as good as you hear it. And
0: um, I, I have a lot of respect for
1: both of them. It's been cool seeing, they popped up at, uh, I, I, you and I chatted last year to at Carlisle, uh, yeah. which is in May um and he brought a bunch of cars in and i think the red one uh the bottom yep. car that you mentioned they had
0: just uh we had, like a month earlier
1: had just finished the deal on the blue and the red yeah. car. so and, um uh, it, so Carlisle, especially, uh, sorry i was just gonna say especially now where it's hard to find parts etc those are they they and and uh we're gonna do a guide in the next issue of the magazine like some of these guys who are you know kind of institutions in the space whether it's it's uh them, whether it's Marty up in Canada, whether it's whether it's uh, Quattroholics out on the West Coast, like they're you know they're only we all a lot of us who are in it kind <laughs> of know who they are. We know, like, of course. Yeah, but for those who aren't, or the the winner of this car, or people who want to dip their yeah. toe into ownership of one of these cars, it's it's good to learn that network. And and of course, John was a fixture in that for so many years. Um, he, he absolutely was. And speaking <laughs> of, so Carlisle, which
0: you know is in your backyard, and uh, yeah, great event we, we need to talk a little bit about that event at some point, uh, okay? because I want to bring all of my stuff. (laughs) I have to figure out how to get it all there. Uh, Right. Hey, I'm, I'm looking for drivers. (laughs) Um, And I know uh, Ritvar, I was talking to him. He'd like to bring a lot of the really cool stuff. um, And we'd like to kind of do a, kind of cool display with everything amongst all the other cars that everybody else brings, but kind of yes. join our, our two groups of cars together, which I think would be um, you know, pretty, pretty neat thing for everybody to see and be around. And, you know, I started by meeting guys when I was a little kid who let me climb in and out of their cars. And uh, I'm like that and he's like that. So you know we want to we want it to be there for the public. We want everybody to enjoy them. Um, you know, I'm the type of guy I'd be like, you haven't driven one. Well, here's the key. Go have fun. You know, so, yeah. uh, we, I want to kind of figure out something that, that how we display them and work with okay. you. So we, we get it set up the right way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're all in. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, the, uh, I will say too, the, um, I will see if I delete this by the time we put this on YouTube. Cause I don't know if we're ready to announce <laughs> it. tally but we're also working on obviously we want to promote the heck out of this car while we have it. And it's just a good excuse to focus on old Audis. Right. And, and whether it's so, so the next issue of the magazine at some point, uh, I'll probably use this for some of that. We'd like to do something on you in, in the next issue of the magazine too, with, with the, the focus on the older stuff, the, um,
0: and I'd love, we that. want
1: to, you know, I will. Oh yeah. Well, we'd love to have you in event. It's going to be great. But, um, but where i'm going with that is we're also doing uh we're trying to put together one of the stories i did was i chased down john Buffham. sold his rally car to jeff beta uh, you probably know jeff um yeah. and and uh i think he has three right he has the the replica yeah. uh, the the Buffham or the ex-mouton Buffum car Ex-Mouton now car, yes right and and the um and his own or quattro and then i've been whether it's like other players in New Jersey or Uranus up in New York or uh, T-44 Brian up in Connecticut or, yep. you know, the, the list just keeps, I've been keeping a list <laughs> of like yeah, who yeah. I know. So we have one of the things that we have is um, with any with our New York chapter, uh, one of the members and officers of NEQ, which is that chapter, is also the executive director of Saratoga Auto Museum. So we're working oh. with them to get a date lined up. It looks like it's going to be late May, probably the week after Carlisle. Um and uh and we'd like to do a um kind of a showcase. I'm talking to Audi about trying to get sport qu- the the ex uh the red sport quattro they have uh, yeah. still in their collection, and and uh, try and get a mix of these cars. See if Jeff can bring his cars in. Sure. Uh, oh. It's not. It's not I'm that in. far from Buffum, so he could bring his. Yeah, well, okay. Sure. Yeah, I'm <laughs> so, <in. laughs> so, so, and we'll see if we can get Buffham there. It's, it's not a long drive for Sprongle, so I know yeah. that car is like one of the. I think Audi Mississauga has that car on display right now. Um, yeah. So, so if we can get, you know, what I'd like to do is have, because of the concentration we have of owners in the Northeast, yeah, um, I, I feel. I feel like we can pull off a show like kind of nobody else, right? Like as, as great and as great Monterey and know. all that stuff is, uh, the yes. concentrations here in the Northeast. Anybody who so. likes these
0: types of cars,
1: yeah. the group you're talking
0: about, they will yeah. they will show up in all. There's no question. Because yeah. where do you where do you they're they're rare enough that where you get that many of them together in one group and that variety
1: of that of this car. Right. So, yeah, I think it'd be great. Let me know. I'm in. Okay. You know. Cool. It might be a little bit busy May, right? Like you got like, you uh, hey. got like uh, Carlisle and then, and then this, but
0: Yep, that's all right. No. Like the first weekend May is the only weekend. I am not around to help anybody. My daughter graduates that weekend in Florida. That's so right. <laughs> I will be there. And yeah. uh, after that, I am, I am around to do whatever we need to do.
1: Okay. And then at some
0: point also, um, I'd like to do a cars and coffee event or some sort of event that maybe extends beyond cars and coffee here at my facility.
1: Let us know. So We'd love to go down it. there. Yeah. Let's uh,
0: you know, I mean, you're not that far, so let's, right. Let's talk about that, whether that's in the summer or the fall or something, you know, let's yeah. definitely put that, you know, in your notes and let's let's plan it because I, I would love to do that.
1: Okay. Happy to fit it in. Yeah, Me too. Awesome. Well, what we've been, We've had you on now for an hour and a half, which, so. Oh, crap, yeah. Yeah, I'm and sorry I don't to run you so late. I don't
0: think anybody's even in that hour and a half.
1: It's amazing. No,
0: no.
1: <laughs> I, I could drop a couple bombs just to get ourselves a <laughs> mess. I here. have to put the parental advisory on iTunes when we put this up, but. Well, listen,
0: um, I, I, I can talk more, but I know we all have, uh, we all have stuff to do, so whatever. Well, maybe want, we
1: can revisit this. We got yeah, It's a long. fascinating. So. Yeah, yeah it's a long six months of uh of of you know we got the sweepstakes i this actually one of the things i enjoy about doing a sweepstakes in particular uh we had it with the rs 6 where we can like do some cool stuff around it the giveaways we were doing etc uh right now we're giving away like a model car but we got a bunch of other stuff planned and um and so like i don't know i just kind of think it's fun to to do it and i think it offers us a reason for six months to really push these vintage cars yeah. uh, in a way we typically don't so
0: I agree. Anyway. I, th- I think the whole format is awesome. I obviously love that you're doing a vintage car for the sweepstakes. Um, I I am beyond, besides obviously selling you guys a car, I am so excited that I was able to come up with the car for you. Um, Thank you. And yeah. then it all worked but out. I mean, like that really, that gets me going because I it's it's in my blood and you know, you know how much I, I, I love
1: mean, it. I, I don't know if I ever <laughs> expressed this to you, but you were also a lifesaver, right? Because like the, the I will say nothing was going right, right? Like I had a line on an RS2 in Sweden. That car disappeared like that. Right. Uh, I had, a, a, so there was, we're also considering RS2. We may do that. Little, there's a little foreshadowing, guys, if you want to see yeah. what we do as a yeah. vintage car in the future, providing they don't go too crazy with pricing. Um, we, but I looked at this red car in, in uh, Long Island that, that is a very beautiful car. Whoever ends up with it, I'm sure they'll love it. It's a little yeah. expensive. And, and, he, and he also just... He was trying to get everything together and he just couldn't. I think he's a, he's, he's new in the space and trying to yep. make it happen. But, um, but then we looked at a red car in Belgium and uh, that guy got really, it, like I, I had, I spent fair, like a couple hundred euros to send a guy in to look at the car working yeah. with Jamie Orr, who uh, it, it's great that they do this. Cause when he got in there, he found a couple things that like, just weren't, weren't for us. Right. Like a, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beat up on the car. All these yeah. cars have some wear at some point. Um, but it was something we didn't want to deal with, and so uh, I, you know, as soon as we found it, I was like, "Don't worry, you know, it's a little bit of rust, right? We're not, we don't have time to do the bodywork and everything else." So, right. you know, I, I told Sebastian, "Go ahead and leave." This was 15 minutes into the inspection of the car, right? And, and then this right away, yeah, yeah. This Belgian guy got so angry at me on, on <laughs> like, on social what a real enthusiast I must be real being very much in air quotes but like yes. because we didn't even drive the car it's like look man i just i don't have time to do body work your car needs right. body work i don't know what to tell you but like um but yeah it was uh, i don't know it's funny how it's it's i mean now that if you have time to find cars it's great but we had like 3 months that were turning into like 3 date weeks that were turning into 3 hours as you know it was literally right at the right. end of the year that we were able to to make the deal happen. So like, I thank you so much for, I I know when you heard, we were looking, I appreciate you taking the time to, to uh, kind of, you know, make help make this happen. Yeah. No. And I really, really mean that happy to be part of it Um, just to be
0: involved with it. You know, I spend a lot of time in my warehouse alone, so I'm very happy (laughs) to be
1: back in the community. And uh, I I mean, it it looks like a very pleasant time. If you're going to spend time alone, it
0: is. Listen, I don't, I, I wake up every morning. and I'm excited to come here. And, you know, yeah. we we all listen. Everything we do in our lives isn't always perfect. And we always, there's a bad day in everything we do. Yeah. But I still wake up every morning. And I'm fortunate. My dog comes with me to work. And in the summer, I can wear flip-flops if I want. And, uh, you know, it's not a bad place to come. And um, what's interesting is all my local friends frequent me uh you know they're here a lot (laughs) so so i do you got a nice
1: cave absolutely it It
0: becomes the man cave i do get a lot of free food out of it they always show up with
1: sandwiches (laughs) but uh it's it's great and i love i love
0: what i do but i i really appreciate you guys letting me be part of
1: this yeah thank you man it's it's i think that's one of the coolest parts right like this is it's such a the, the community is such a part of owning these cars And so what's cool about finding this car too, is like, I might've found a car. It's rare that actually you would find a car at a random dealer that doesn't really care about it. Right. And, and that you're such a a fixture in this space and that like, you're a known part of the community too. Like, all, you know, we all know the same people. Right. So it's, absolutely I think that's, that's part of the experience that whoever wins this car, should you, should they hold on to it? Nothing. It's some weird old thing that they just happen to get lucky to get right. Like they're going to find a very welcome and opening community that's that's there to, you know, be there. I, I totally number, agree so. with
0: you. I mean, you know, whoever wins this car, if they're in this area, yeah. I become the, I hope they become a fixture, you know, yeah. coming by and sit around. Pick, yeah. Pick it, pick it and say, Hey, you want to go for a cool ride along the Delaware or whatever it may be. And,
1: you know, yeah. actually go out and have some fun. So. so, all right. Well Thank you. Thank you so much thank again. You. Thank your wife for giving us so much time with this evening. I'm sure we're holding you up, but, but my uh, pleasure. yeah. All right, cool. Uh, I, I'm gonna... As as
0: you know from the stories, she's used, <laughs> she's used to it for for thirty plus years now, so it's part of her as well. And, Definitely uh, a keeper. We enjoy it together. You know, the two S fours, as she and I'll end with this: the white and the black one. She calls the uh, the tuxedo and wedding dress, and of course, nice. I get the stock one to drive, and she gets the hot one to drive. So you know, I can't complain. How many horsepower? Uh, The white one's dynoed at 390 at the wheels. Hey guys, and that's 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 in its second mode. It has four, so (laughs) very 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 drivable, and that's the car she likes to drive. So I'm happy about that. Probably good to end on that. Thank you
1: again, Kevin. Thank you very much. It was a great pleasure meeting you.
0: Yeah, you as well. And have an awesome weekend, guys. And I'm sure we will talk soon.